Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. It's your girl, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those of you that are new to the community, thank you so much for joining us. For those seasoned listeners, welcome back to another segment. With me today in the hot seat is Kyle Sullivan. And here's a little bit more about Kyle. Think about this question. What does a D1 athlete, drug dealer, husband, pastor, father, and founder of a coaching company have in common? Think about it. You might be surprised to learn that these are all stages of life for Kyle Sullivan. It's quite the journey and all hats have built upon and led to the creation of Unleash the Champ. Kyle founded Unleash the Champ to create powerful coaching experiences for people to match their personal fulfillment to their professional success. By using the playbook to crush overwhelm and increase confidence in the four phases of life. With over 10 years of organizational leadership and team development, leading thousands of people, um, plus growing, plus having a growing desire to learn. It all in it all, he strives to inspire people everywhere to unlock the cages they are in, to unleash the champ within. And I just want to add on here, how many times in life do we feel like we are confined or we have been placed in a box by societal norms and we feel like that's our only place for us to be in when in actuality we are multifaceted and multidimensional and we weren't born in a box. And I tell people, Genesis is multifaceted, multidimensional. I was not born in a box. I'm not going to be in in a box until the good Lord calls me home and I decide to either be in that box or be cremated. But until then, I'm ready to pop, prepared on purpose. So with that, I want to unleash the champ, the man behind it all, Kyle Sullivan. Come on now. I'm excited to be on here. It's uh, it's always cool to hear, you know, you hear the bio, you hear this like, man, I, I have done that. That's pretty dope. I love it. I'm I'm glad to be on the show today. Drop some gems. Boom. Mic drop. So we're going to jump into our connection part of the segment, Kyle. And this is a fun way that our audience gets to know a little bit more about you and they feel connected with you before we dive into the heavy stuff. So Kyle, there's two ways I like to do that. We could do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. Let's do let's do the rapid fire. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Kyle and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. With you being a a former pastor, do you like CHH? And for those of you listening, that's Christian hip hop. Absolutely. I I do. I think it's, uh, we've come a long way. So when I I first started going to church, it was like KJ52. And that was bogus for lack of better terms. But yeah, with the guys today, Lecrae, Andy Minio, Tadashi, some of the, you know, NF, some of those guys, they, they've they really uh, brought excellence to the Christian hip hop scene. Yeah, I love it. Because when I first heard Christian hip hop, it was Canton Jones riding with my top down, listening to this Jesus team. And then Come now, on. 
my husband's little brothers because my husband he likes that old school rap y'all my husband's almost 40 and so he's like what is this so when they took us to the 116 tours his little brother that's when I got to see Andy Minio, Tadashi, Trip Lee and all that I was like this is fire and then I looked over and I see my husband head bopping and all this I was like come on Jesus (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah I've seen him and seen him in concert a few times over the years Question two, favorite color? Black. Question three, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? Birth of my daughter so I could hold her again. Question four, would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hey, let's go big and have both? Both. Okay. Do you do you have a dream car in mind right now? Uh, right now, a season of life, it would be a Tahoe uh, Z71. Okay. What? Black on black with some neon lights? Absolutely. Murder it out. (laughs) Question five. What's your favorite scripture? Ephesians 3.20. Okay. Say it for those who may not know. We are created as a masterpiece to do good works for which Christ has prepared in advance for us to do. Question six. I love how you opened your bio with that question because it shows the versatility but it also shows the humanity in you letting people know where you are right now is not where you where you came from and even though you went through transitions it's those trans transitions that made transformation so was there a significant moment in your life that was a turning point uh the most significant point was when i got jumped at a drug deal and realized you know i don't want my life to be like this anymore and so about three o'clock in the morning in between drags of a cigarette, uh, talking to a guy that I respected from church, he led me to Christ. Amazing. Question seven. If you could sit down and have lunch with any person, who would it be and why? Kevin Hart. <gasps> he would freaking crack me up and he's a savage in business. And you want to talk about somebody that has evolved throughout their career and continues to be in more things and do more stuff is that man. He is hilarious. Um, that was one of my birthday presents from my older brother. Um, going to a Kevin Hart comedy tour. And uh, it was so funny because he didn't even know like how to read the seats to see if they were like high or low. And I was like, man, I was in the nosebleeds. It's like, oh, I almost had binocular. But he was like hella funny. And I was like, let me not fall off this rail because then I will fall face forward. <laughs> That's right. Then you just be part of the bit. <laughs> Question seven. No, question eight. What's your favorite vacation spot? Uh, Seaside, Florida. Okay. Question nine. If you, if you had three random acts of kindness per day, what are your three for today? What are my three today? Uh, well, I just picked my daughter up before this. And so I held open the door for a lot of moms and strollers. So that was awesome. Uh, we brought snacks to her school, and then uh, we we went and had a snack after daycare. That's the most recent three things. <laughs> okay. And question 10, it's our pass or play question, Kyle. And here are the rules. If you pass, you could throw it back to me and ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I mean, what what good is life if you don't play? Let's go. Okay, so last question here. You've been married for nine years. Marriage is no joke, y'all. There's going to be ups and downs. So what's one piece of marital marital advice you would give? 
don't lose yourself as you are as a couple. So my marriage, we got where we were roommates about five, six years in. And when I started taking care of me first, everything else changed. And so don't be afraid to take care of yourself and know that you can only be as good as you are for other people as you take care of yourself. Amazing. Let's go. Let's unleash the champ. And thank you for playing rapid fire. So now we're going to dive into the work that you're doing, which is your niche area, how you are helping B2C executives and teams. And once again, audience, B2C is business to consumer, and he works with executives and their teams. So what led you to getting involved in this area for your niche? Yeah, you know, Jenison, it's it's evolved over time. Who I worked with in the beginning is not who I work with now. Um, but what it is now is because I was always the person in 13 years of ministry and organizational leadership. I was always the person supporting the leader. So my specialty is leading and coaching those who are not in charge. And so oftentimes as I work with the leader, I become an extension of the executives, the extension of the owner to provide coaching for them, but then also the soft skills that their employees need to fulfill the vision that they have. Ah, I was on mute, y'all. Yes, I love that because I like the, the part that you talked about. Who you work with now is not who you used to start because as you begin to grow and develop personally and professionally, your views are going to change and you're making those transitions, but those transitions transitions are helping to make it transformative and then you begin to have clarity and more focus on who your avatar is who are they how how can you help them how can you be a solution to their problem what value are they getting how are you getting value from them because that's how synergies are created not only are we just helping people that we work with but we also want to be able to learn from those people as well yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a value exchange. And so when you can solve a problem, people will, in turn, solve a problem for you, and that's in your bank account. Yeah. And so with organization leadership, sometimes people just see it like from the top down approach and they fail to realize that the bottom up matters too. And you should be meeting each other where where they're at. So what are some of the tips that you've learned from transitioning from the church sector to the business sector? Because some people argue that the church is a business based on their viewpoints, which, you know, the church does need resources to spread the mission, but they may not necessarily be an autonomous business, like maybe corporate, corporate America in a sense. So from your um, viewpoints, can you break that down or just kind of rephrase the question to answer it if it makes it easier? Yeah, you know, Genesis, I would say that the churches that I worked in, uh, were more ran like a business. One of my mentors, when I was on staff at a church, he would say, we have to have the mind of a business person, but the heart of a pastor. And so, I mean, I was doing pro formas. I was doing budgets. I was tracking expenses. I was doing marketing. I was doing sale. Like there's so much in the churches I worked for that translated really well into the marketplace or the business sector. And when I got into it and I started working and what the church does really well that corporate America doesn't is invest in their people. 
And so as I was on staff, it was constantly leadership development. Here's a resource. Here's a book. Here's a training. Here's a whatever. I started talking to these business owners and I'm like, so what do you do uh, you know, to invest in your people personally? Because when you invest in them personally, they will perform for you professionally. And blank stares. It's like, uh, no, nothing. And I kept hearing that so often. I was like, that's a need I can meet. Because we're, as a, as a society, we are in the age of the free agent where there's no loyalty, like there's not people staying 30, 40, 50 years and having the retirement party with the cake in today's workforce. It ain't happening. There's so much that goes on in an organization and people, your listeners, if they have a job, even a job they love, they probably low key looking on Indeed or LinkedIn or something to see what is available. And so the only way that you're going to keep your people is an invest in them outside of what benefit they provide for you professionally. I love that. And I could actually resonate with what you just dropped down, Kyle, because I spent 15 years in corporate America as a whole. 12 of those years were spent in the oil and gas and energy sector. And four was with four and a half was with a small company and seven and a half was with a fortune 500 company. And it did come to a point where I, low-key I will pull up at work and I would just feel like a pit in my stomach I would just roll my eyes because I knew that my season was up but the money was so good that it was providing for my family but then I had to do some soul searching and say how much are they paying me to sleep on my dreams because at that point I was like am I really being seen or heard because let's be honest Oil and gas is a male-dominated field, and it is a white man's world. And me being a chocolate drop, melanated, who is also first-generation American, where my dad was from Curaçao, and my mom is West Indian, she's Caribbean, it was like I had to work twice as hard to be seen and heard. And whenever you look a certain way, or they want you to act a certain way, or sometimes the way you talk like Kyle and I, sometimes you have to code switch in order to play the game in order to win. And it's like when you can't be your authentic and whole self, then you you slide into that SNH. And I call it my scoping and hoping where I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Indeed, I'm networking and et cetera, to find out what is my next move. And my older brother told me this from an engineering perspective, it's like playing chess. And at first it went over my head because I didn't get it. So it's like, it's so important to invest in your people, like Kyle say, because without that investment in your people, then we're going to be in what we're in right now, which is the great resignation, because the pandemic was a point of reflection where people woke up. But what Kyle is saying is you need to unleash the champ and It's the champ is you because you have the ability to create your own path and your own lane. And you don't need to wait for somebody to tap you on your shoulder and say, here's the golden platter. Here's the silver platter. Why can't we take accountabilities for ourselves and create something and then begin to partner with it? So I just wanted to say that really hit me, Kyle. And I resonated with that because I was so drained, y'all. And right now I am very much pregnant. And if I was doing a high stress job, like I was in oil and gas, I don't even know how I would make it, but it would be the grace of God. 
Yeah, 100%. And you know, what's, what's interesting is executives know that by average, on average, it costs $34,000 every time someone transitions from your team. That was a couple of years ago, Forbes did a whole survey. Severance, hiring new people, lack of productivity, lack of results, all that. But they kind of just overlooked that. But when you invest in your people and what unleashed the champ, champs is an acronym. So calling, heart, altitude, mindset, performance. So when you unleash those things and you're so right about 2020, I mean, I'm part of the great resignation. I had a career that I loved, loved it, thought I'd do it forever. And with disruption allows for reflection. And when I got home and I got used to being at home and I got used to, I mean, at the time when the pandemic hit, my daughter was four months old. And so to be able to see all the milestones in her life, because pandemic work life was my wife was in the bedroom, I was in a spare room and, but we were home. And so when the, the pastor I was working for, like, we're coming back to the office. I'm like, y'all coming back to the office. That ain't, that ain't it. And, and I risked it all. I took a blowtorch to what I'd known, what I knew, like what I was confident in, what I had influence in. I mean, the churches that I worked for were very influential churches. And I was on stage at those places. And I let it all go because I was disrupted enough and I had time to reflect and go, what do I really want out of this life? Thus, the creation of Unleash the Champ. I love that. Another parallel there, Kyle. So in the pandemic, y'all, I was working for this Fortune 500 company. During that time, my father gets sick. He goes to the hospital in May. Three days later, he gets paralyzed from the waist down. So his entirety his entire quality of life changes based on medical negligence. And when it came time to repatriate back into the workforce, my supervisor was like, I don't understand why you can't hire a nurse. And I said, would you like to have this conversation now? Or would you like to have it in HR? And I said, I'm doing what's best for my family. And not only are my parents here, but also my husband. And I have to be mindful of where I go. So I'm not bringing that back into my home. And we've already came this far working, working remotely. So I don't see what the problem is with me coming back to the office. So when I said that, I literally felt like, you know, she was upset because I stood my ground, which ultimately led me to being laid off. But before I got laid off, I spoke up after the whole Black Lives Matter movement, because that's when a lot of corporations were jumping on the bandwagon of DEI and B. And just fast forwarding, one week after me speaking up in the vice president's meeting, I got a $20,000 salary increase, and I got a bump in my classification level from a 15 to a 22. Then months after that, I got laid off, and I said, okay, you know what, this could happen to me, but it could happen for me. But it happened in a way that was unconventional because you called me to tell me I was being laid off one week after I laid my father to rest and I put him in the ground. Then you tell me if I don't stay on until February 2021, I will not get a severance package. Do you know how that feels? And I'm like, 
you know what? I'm gonna take the skills that I have used and I'm going to use them for myself and help somebody else. Because if a corporation could treat somebody this way, who knows how else they're treating other people within the corporation, but those people have remained complacent because they have obligations to fulfill. And they may be that single income household or they may have other things where they don't have the luxury yet to make that jump to do something else. But thank God, like my husband was working, but then he got laid off because my husband was an executive chef by trade. So imagine two people getting laid off, your faith is tested, your both of your incomes diminish, and you're trying to figure out what to do. So that's why whenever you said the acronym of Unleash the Champ, I was like, let's go, because so many people need to hear what you and I are talking about today, Kyle, and we're just having a coffee chat style conversation, being raw, talking about what happened between you and I, because even though we're in certain places and you may see the successes, there were trials that we went through. I tell people there was a hell of a mess that curated my message. There were tests that's now producing my testimony, but it's like I could either react or I could be proactive about it. And, you know, if you would have asked me a few a few years ago, I was like, 2020 was far from perfect vision, but a slap of reality. And I put that in my book to let people know it woke everybody up, no matter what your socioeconomic status was, no matter your race, no matter your nationality or background, we all came to a point where we needed to unleash something in us, whether it was mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. So I want to get in a little bit more to Unleash the Champ because I really like the acronym. So I want you to talk about how you came up with the acronym. Yeah, you know, not to over-spiritualize it, but, you you know, you're talking to a pastor for 13 years, and I really feel like, man, God just downloaded the whole thing to me. So when I started the business, and when anybody starts a business, I'm going to give you, a, you know, step one, see if it's available. So yeah, I'm first thing I'm working with my coach. I'm like, okay. And it was the third name that I had come up with. And the first two were like, nah, they just didn't have the punch that like I wanted to have. And I thought about, because when I, the last church that I worked for the pastor and I were having a conversation one day and he spoke over me. And if your listeners aren't faith-based, it may sound a little weird, but he just encouraged me to go, okay, hey, there's something in you that needs to be unleashed. There's something in you that you're not quite walking and living out yet. There's some, and this was like, I was on staff. Like it wasn't after, it wasn't after the, you know, me transitioning out. It was like, man, there's, you know, it's just pumping me up and it's like, yeah, let's go do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. And God brought that conversation back to my head. So I wrote Unleashed Down. And then all of my life, sports have been a, a, a staple. And, you know, played football, baseball growing up, did powerlifting, was a cheerleader in college. Like, it just, sports are my thing. And my dad always called me champ growing up. And, you know, my dad, I was born when he was a senior in high school. He dropped out of high school, got his GD, started driving trucks. He had to work a ton just for us to, like, make ends meet but he never missed a sporting event. He never missed a practice. And he may have missed like the, you know, school performance, but he didn't miss a game. 
he didn't miss a practice and he would always call me champ and God like pieced those two things together. And I just kept staring at it, like unleash the champ, unleash the champ, unleash the champ. And I was like, okay, that's what it's going to be because so often we play so small in comparison to a big God that we serve. And for us as believers put our faith in, we play too small. We play too small. And so I went and I said, okay, we'll go to domain, unleashthechamp.com, available. Go to all social platforms, Unleash the Champ, available. Now, I'd have your listeners consider for a moment, in all of history, all of sports history, that phrasing of words should not have been available. It shouldn't. There's so many times we were like, Unleash your greatness. Unleash your power. Unleash this. Oh, it's a championship culture. Oh, da, 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 da. it's like there was a there was a protection. There was a shell until it was released to me. And so then I just kept looking at it. I said, like, okay, it's Unleash the Champ. Unleash the Champ. It didn't have the acronym to it yet. I went to this conference a few months after the business started. And it was one of those like pump you up, like, let's go, you know, charge the world type deals. And I was sitting on my balcony. I was in Miami, Florida, and I was just praying. I was talking, praying, talking out loud, people on the other side of the balcony, you know, other building over thought I was probably nuts because I'm just pacing this balcony. And I get out my journal again. It's important as you're processing through things, listeners, to make sure you got some paper around. Like you see my pens in my hand now, because I don't know what's going to drop on this conversation. And I wrote, okay, what do I want to help people and their teams do? I wrote calling. I said, ooh, okay. Man, they got to have the right heart. And so I wrote that. They got to perform well. Okay, cool. They got to, like, mindsets, everything. Cool, cool, cool. And, man, they need, they need good vision. I was like, okay, cool. And I just kept looking at those words, looking at those words. And then I went, okay, what's another word for vision? Because everybody talk about vision. I said, vision is something that is static. You don't actually, like oftentimes you've got vision, but it doesn't imply movement. Altitude, rather, you are in the box that you're created to be in and you are moving towards your intended destination. So I was like, okay, altitude, marked out vision, altitude. And I looked and Genesis, I didn't see it at first. And I was just looking at this, I'm like, okay, cool. Calling, heart, performance, Mindset, altitude. And it was like, move the letters, dummy. And I went, C-H-A-N-P. Oh, my God. Like, I'm on this balcony in Miami, Florida, and I'm, like, losing it by myself. (laughs) And so I came back, and I, you know, and then I started telling people, I'm like, calling hard, altitude, mindset, performance. Calling hard, altitude, mindset, performance. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it means something. And so that's that's what it is. That's the pillars of, of what we do for individuals and their teams. That is amazing. And I'm so glad you broke that down and you took us through that journey. Like you should low-key make a jingle or a rap song with that because the way you were riddling, riddling it off, I was like, okay, I can kind of hear that as a CHH song somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, come on now. <laughs> so 
Kyle, I'm gonna throw you an audible real yeah. quick before we jump into the CTA. Is there anything that we have not covered based on the work that you're doing that would that would be a good value add to the conversation? Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna, you know, we're having coffee chat here. We're yeah. this, I'm gonna share what I'm learning right now. And so I'm gonna speak to two things that people want more than anything. The first thing that people want, especially in this time, is peace. That's the number one thing when I work with individuals or team, they want peace, i.e. confidence in a decision, direction of the next step, but the umbrella being peace. And here's what I've learned time and time again, that peace follows action. It rarely precedes it. So if you're sitting here and you're anxious and you're worried about your team or you're worried about finding the right employees, because that's a big thing right now is like people want to hire good people, but they can't find them. They can't find them. And you're a business owner and you're sitting here and you're racking your brain. You're going, how am I going to make this? This, I wish things would go back to normal. I wish this would happen. What do we do here? How do we navigate this new normal? Take the next right step. As I work with clients, I say, look, I need you to get 90 feet a day. And your listeners and you may be asking, what's, what's the importance of 90 feet? Well, in baseball, when you're at home plate and you're up to bat, the distance between home plate and first base is 90 feet. Everybody in here trying to hit grand slams and home runs and call their shot to the fence. I just need you to get on base. And the peace that you desire comes after your action and obedience. It rarely precedes it. And then the next thing is people want confidence. People want peace of a decision. They want the confidence to move. And something that was always a, a theme of the church that I was a part of is if you're sitting here and maybe you're not in an established business, maybe you are, you know, that entrepreneur, you're trying to figure out how to lead when you're not in charge. You're trying to figure out how to navigate the world of corporate America or whatever. Understand this, all you have is all you need. All you have is all you need. The things that are inside of you, you may be asking for more stuff, like more wisdom, more discernment, more whatever. Understand all you have is all you need. And understand this, the teacher can't talk during the test. So if you're feeling overwhelmed right now and you're wanting a lesson, you're wanting an insight, you're wanting a, a gym, understand that the teacher can't talk during the test. I love that. Now we're going to jump into the CTA because you're about to make me go pull out my Wii, which has been packed away and put on that baseball game. <laughs> Come on now, just just ha, swing it. <laughs> Get 90 feet, girl. So uh, what is your call to action? Because I like the peace and the confidence, but I want to leave the audience with the challenge that we're going to challenge them, not just for the executives out there, but if you're an individual contributor and you may be working for an employer right now, but it's time for you to make a transition because you feel something tugging at your heart, like your season is up and you need to begin to build your exit strategy in order to... you in order for you to walk out your purpose, your calling and your mission. Um, Kyle, talk about that because I want to give them, we gave them something for the executives, but let's give them something for the everyday person too. Yeah. Oh man. I remember that. I remember that moment. And I don't recommend people do what I did. I took a blowtorch to the boat 
I quit my job two weeks after I felt it was the right thing. Like I said it, I felt it, I did it. I had the conversation two weeks later, I was gone. No salary, no, no nothing. Went from salary, the whole bit, whole package to nothing. Eight month old little girl. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless you feel so strongly to do it, then go do it. But for the people that are navigating, wanting to build an exit plan, it's it seems so simple. But most people will have a problem answering this one question. What do you want? Not what do your parents want for you. Not what your family wants for you. Not what your spouse wants for you. What do you want? What do you want out of this one life? What do you want the dash between the dates to stand for? What do you want? And then take the lid off. John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. And so oftentimes as believers and as people, we'll take Christianity and Jesus out of it. Like people can't decide on what they want because we've grown up in a society that tells us what we should want, that tells us where we should go, that tells us where we like, okay, you go to school, you sit down, you shut up, you're nice, you're kind, you do this, you make good grades, get into college, you do well in college, you get the house, you get the family, you get the cars, you get the thing, and then you get to the end of your life, you retire and go move to Florida and sit on rocking chair and your porch and all as well. But for those of us listening to a podcast like this, I know that ain't you. If you are listening to a show like this and you're looking to pick up the gems, ask yourself and take the lid off of what do you want? And then number two, ask yourself, who do you have to become to be that person? Who I want to, who I must become to fulfill the vision inside of my head is somebody that in 6, 12, 18, and 24 months from now, this person will not exist anymore. Who I was two and a half years ago when I stepped out of ministry and who I am now, that person doesn't exist anymore. So who do I have to become? What do I want? Who do I have to become? And then here's the thing. This is the anchor point. Am I willing to do what it takes? Because a lot of people can have vision. A lot of people can determine what they have to do to get there. But what are you going to do when you get smacked in the face? One of my favorite quotes about Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. We both shared today, listeners, how we've gotten hit in the mouth. And it's success is measured not in how many times you get knocked down, but it's how quickly you get back up. And so what do you want? Who do you need to become? Engage your commitment level. You build out that plan, anybody in, out of business, in, out of wanting to start their own thing. You answer those three questions. That becomes your North Star. And then from there, you can build the plan to get there. 
amazing. And I know your website is unleashthechamp.com and all of your contact information will be linked on that website, y'all. So it's a one-stop shop. Just go to that website and you'll file all things Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, I want to thank you so much for just having this real raw coffee chat style conversation with me. I know it's going to benefit the listeners as well as the viewers who watch the video And I'm just so glad we got to spend some time or like the millennials say, I don't even know if they say this anymore, chop it up. Um, (laughs) Hey, we said chop it up. (laughs) So this has been such a pleasure. Audience, make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. So there is a place for everybody to listen. The video is on our YouTube channel. So you can find that by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis, Amaris Kemp. And here's my remix of my song. Where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. The real person that sent that was Ja Rule, so not Genesis. So I don't need nobody coming for coming for my dollars and coins. So I just wanted to plug that. Um, because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. And we are looking for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship, but let's partner together so we could take both of our brands further and faster. You can find more info by going to genesisamarskemp.net or sending me an email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com. Until the next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and unleash the champ in you. You got this. And as Nike says, just do it. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.